Hey guys, I'm Adam Gonzalez. And I'm Jesse Espinoza. And this is Creepy Crawling Cryptids, Episode 2, where we talk to you about all your creepy crawling creatures from crypts to creeks. Well, today we're going to talk about the Loch Ness Monster. This is possibly my favorite monster. Um, definitely the cryptid that got me into the unknown. Yeah, so the Loch Ness is in Scotland. It's about 22 miles long. Uh, it's just under a mile wide. It's 754 feet deep, and it's the largest lake in the British Isles. There is an average of 13 sightings each year since the 1930s. And the 1930s is when the legend gained its popularity after a couple believed to see it. Um, so the Loch Ness Monster itself is uh, sort of a pre... a plesiosaur-like creature. Um, sort of a prehistoric, long-necked lizard creature that uh, swims throughout the lake itself, as at least that's what the sightings and stories say, as Jesse's first story might entail. So within history, what is believed to be the very first sighting of the Loch Ness is back in 565 AD by a missionary named St. Columba. Uh, basically, there was some kind of monster in the lake killing his followers. <laughs> Yeah, you're, oh, you enjoy man. missionaries dying from monsters. No, why'd they keep going in the lake? I, I don't know, missionary stuff? I don't <laughs> know, it's probably Pro- clean water. Proceed, proceed. Yeah, so he confronted the monster and he told the monster, Thou shalt go no further, nor touch the man. Go back with all speed. And he used his Catholic powers to make the beast go away. Um, I think we, we've mentioned Catholicism before. And growing up Catholic, I can say that plenty of Catholics do think they have Catholicism powers. Yeah, well, he was a missionary and a saint, so he definitely had Catholic powers. <laughs> yeah. If anyone had them, it would have been him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So does that imply that the Loch Ness Monster is a demon? Well, I mean, do Catholic powers work on non-demons? I I couldn't tell you. I don't have Catholic powers. If you say so. Oh, okay. Uh, so we're gonna move on to one of my sightings now. This is gonna. This is the first sighting of the Loch Ness Monster outside of the uh, anecdote that Jesse just shared here. So this is the first sighting in 1933. The modern legend of the Loch Ness Monster is born when a local sighting makes news on May 2nd in 1933. A couple was out and about on the loch and uh, saw an enormous animal rolling and plunging on the surface. That is a direct quote from one of the uh, couples and the monster was a moniker chosen by the courier who published the raving story. Since then, there have been, as Jesse said, about 13 plus sightings a year, kind of slowing down in more recent times. However, interestingly, um, a large percent of studies have been taken throughout time. So in the 1960s was the first time 
British universities launched sonar expeditions in the lake, but nothing conclusive was found. And uh, kind of from then on, there were more and more sonar expeditions. In 1975, there was one that combined sonar and underwater photography, uh, which resulted in a photo that, after enhancement, apparently showed what vaguely resembles a flipper. And so, of course, believers, that's that's something that's set in stone for them, right? Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the surgeon's photo. <laughs> <laughs> So, the surgeon photo is basically the photo that you've seen of Loch Ness, you know, with the head arching. And... Yeah, the, the single most iconic Loch Ness monster photo. Yeah. Well, so, so no one really believed in it too much, but this photo was taken by a Robert Wilson, who was a respected surgeon, so because of his background, everyone's like, oh, this guy's got credibility, right? Right, because why would he lie? Yeah, uh, and it turns out he did. It oh, was not real. <laughs> so, like one hundred percent, like he admitted. That yeah, because it, oh. it was just a dinosaur toy that he took a picture of. Oh, it's it's kind of well. Actually, he didn't take a picture of it. This man, Marmaduke Wetherall, like uh, the dog, like the what? Yeah, like the dog Marmaduke. <laughs> yeah, so. He took the picture, but because he was just like a regular dude, he gave the picture to him and be like, hey, you should back this up. And Robert was like, all right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, this Marmaduke dude tried to keep it up. And so, like, he he had a hippopotamus foot table. That I think he was a hunter or something. I don't remember. But yeah, so um, he made it look like it was walking out of the water and stuff. I just want to preface by saying that if you own anything from exotic animals, ergo hippopotamus feet, elephant tusks, you're a terrible person. I just, I just thought that should be mentioned. And so the fact that he was like, yeah, let's, let's trick people, that's not surprising. Yeah. So that's what happened. He just used this elephant thing, and and so so what I'm hearing is one of the biggest pictures used as proof for the Loch Ness monster is completely uh, false. Yeah, you see, there's no way to tell the perspective of like to guess how big it is because right. it's just looking at water, which is just reflecting clouds, and there's no way to tell perspective with that. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> That's it's not real. It's really disappointing. Um, I, for a very long time, Loch Ness Monster has been like one of my favorite cryptids. In fact, um, the straight to VHS uh, Scooby Doo movies. Have you seen the Scooby Doo and the Lock? Oh, they, they're you know they're Scooby doing it, and they're uh, trying to figure out what's going on with this Loch Ness Monster. And they come to find out that, you know, it was someone in a big suit, robotic Loch Ness Monster. But at the very end of the movie, as they're leaving Lake Loch Ness, they're leaving and uh, they're driving away. Scooby and Shaggy, who else, see out the back window the real Loch Ness Monster, who they hint at being real throughout the entire movie. It's definitely a good movie. Yep. Um, So I'm going to move on to one of my stories. This is a... Uh, the title of this is A Diver's Encounter with the Monster. Uh, so, this um, was posted by a regular 
on a cryptozoologist blog. So, you know, they, they have a couple of stories. But they said that this story was told to them by a friend who had been told it by the diver themselves. Okay, so, sounds really credible. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I already told you it was on a cryptozoologist blog, so we take that with a grain of salt. Not to discredit cryptozoologists, but you know, you're doing the people's work. You're doing the people's work. It's what we want. You're like Josh Gates. Have you watched anything from Josh Gates? No. He is. He has like three doctorates. He's an incredibly intelligent person, and he's just tra- He just gets funded to travel around the world making this show, looking for like, like, just um, Indiana Jonesing it. Like oh, it's that's pretty cool. Oh, it is really cool. Like all of it, Expedition uh, Unknown. All the, he has like a bunch of shows that are just all about that kind of stuff. He does what we do, but way better because he has actual degrees in it. Okay, so back to our story, right? So this specific guy had been shot down during World War One. Uh, he was a pilot, and it left his face partially disfigured. So um, he became a diver, and very seldom like went out. He didn't want to be seen. He never drew attention to himself. So that's what they cite as why this diver was so credible. So he was, I believe it was in 1920, sorry, oh, 1932. Okay. So uh, between 1932 and 1940s, that's the time he was uh, diving down by a wall. And as he's diving down, he said he sees a shadow come over top. He assumes it's the boat that he had just dove off from, and he looks up, and what he sees is a large living creature passing over him. So, like any rational human being, he just stays completely still. He doesn't move a single muscle, and as soon as he feels like he can, he just says he bolts it up, swimming to the top, looking down to see what this creature is as he ascends. So as he ascends, and he's looking down, he sees... A flipper-clad, long-necked creature that can only be described as our classic Loch Ness monster. And so this is a story he told to this uh, person who then told their friend who then posted it on the Cryptozoologist uh, website. And yeah, so that's the story of the diver's encounter with the monster. Sounds like he could have the backstory of a villain got shot down and had his face disfigured and like was a diver. This is a the beginning I, of a good movie. You assuming that he's a bad guy is really messed up because uh, listen, he just has a disfigured face. That doesn't mean he's evil. Yeah, but you know he has a lot of hate from the war, and then he's like alone, right? And he's a diver, so maybe he finds some like mystical treasure that gives him power, and he gets mad with power. So, him finding mystical treasure is more realistic than him finding... I'm just saying it's a better story. (laughs) So, okay. Okay. (laughs) We're going to leave that alone. So, with that, we'll talk about the Dinsdale film. So, this was in the 1960s. And so, it's considered the best video evidence of the monster. Okay. Uh, the guy who did it was an aeronautical engineer, so once again, a pretty credible guy. Uh, so at the time, it was believed to be pretty on point. And then I think not too long ago, uh, 
it was analyzed by the Joint Air Reconnaissance Intelligence Center, Britain's photographic experts. <laughs> you can do it. You got was, this. Yeah, that was a long name. Yeah, so they think it's just a boat really far away. Oh, that's really like yeah. that's that's so anticlimactic. Yeah, because what's thought to be like the head doesn't move or anything. <laughs> And it looks like the body might just be waves. I I like to imagine the Loch Ness Monster's head doesn't move. Like, he just has a really bad case of stiff neck. Well, actually, oh. plesiosaurs can't move their necks. Wait, really? Yeah. Well, they, so. we assume they can't move their necks. No, because the way their neck, their neck bone locks. And So they can't move. They can't. So for the surgeon's photo, a plesiosaur would be incapable of doing that. Oh, that's... I like that you pulled out the paleontology on us. Yeah, and they also have to come up for air for every couple hours, so you know they would have to breathe. Quite this is why often. you're a science guy. Uh, you d- you do all the good research. I just find uh, crappy stories and throw them at you. What scientists are doing in 2019 to see if the Loch Ness monster is real? Which, mind you, that means that. If in 2019 there's still a creature in the lock, this creature is almost is easily over a hundred years old, or it's an it's a species that just keeps repopulating. But I feel like there would be more. Yeah, you would need. I think it was at least thirteen to keep uh mm-hmm. to keep it going. So there's not nearly enough food in it to. Oh yeah, so that's actually something that. Outside of what I'm about to read you guys, is a very interesting discussion about the fact that statistics alone kind of lean towards saying that pretty much there's not enough food to take care of a creature as big as a Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, actually, it's kind of interesting how they figure it out. So what they use is called a seshi disc. Mm -hmm. So essentially, it's just a white plate that you dunk under the water. And as long as you could see it, that means there's enough light for photosynthesis for fungi and algae and plankton and stuff. Okay. So that's basically the basis for all food needed. Yeah. So I don't know. I just came across that. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that is really neat. Um, But yeah, so pretty much the amount of food, like the algae and stuff like that, they could feed the amount of fish that would be able to feed an, an entire species of Loch Ness Monsters is not there. It's not nearly present enough for to support something that big. However, there is also the large uh, cave systems, which is something that's cited very frequently by strong believers as a possibility for how the Loch Ness Monster has evaded for so long. But so in 2019, there are... Um, so this specific... Uh, segment I found here starts with, for years, Nessie has evaded the good work of ex- uh, explorers and scientists, all of whom have failed to find conclusive evidence uh, the supposed monster of the supposed monster living in Scotland's Loch Ness ever existed. So, more recently, what they're planning to do is to do uh, DNA testing in the loch to see if there's any unknown species in it. Because since it's such a small controlled population, it'd be much easier. Like, uh, so they call it environmental DNA. So this is practically, like, useless ocean-wise, because of how big the ocean is. Mm -hmm. But in such a small controlled area, 
pretty much what happens is they, um, when they're researching sea creatures such as fish, animals, and other mammals, uh, these creatures shed feathers, feces, urine, and leave behind trails of their DNA. So what they do is they kind of collect amounts of water and then test through all the DNA. So what they plan to do is run all the strands of DNA and pull it up to the known species of what's in the lock. And um, who knows? Maybe we won't find a Loch Ness Monster. Maybe we will. But wouldn't it be interesting if there was a newer species of fish that we didn't know about, though? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, so in 2019, the Loch Ness Monster has still evaded capture. But we're hot on its tail. Sure we are. (laughs) I I I don't like your attitude right now, Jesse. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. It it just seems like there's a lot of evidence that show, like, it could just be waves. Yeah, that's kind of the worst part about this, is it's become such a large tourist attraction that it's... If it were to be discovered, it would have been discovered already. Yeah. It, it's, it's actually pretty interesting. I came across, like, this study that they did where they were like... Well, if we just throw shit into the ocean, uh, into the lake, and would people think that it was the Loch Ness Monster? And it turns out, yes. Well, yeah, because it's that thing of um, wanting to see it, you know? Uh-huh. And so that yearn for something, it's sort of a it's self-fulfilling prophecy. So, though you may know that's just a floaty, you think to yourself, no, that's Nessie. And I get it. Because, uh, like I said, as a kid, Loch Ness Monster was, like, so cool to me. It was the coolest. And, uh, have you ever seen a water horse? A water horse? The movie Water Horse. No, I've never seen that. Uh, this kid finds a Loch Ness Monster egg, and then raises a Nessie, and then rides it in the water, like a horse. Uh, but it's, like, during World War One or two, and it's just... It's a real neat movie because it's dealing with how sad the kid is that his dad is at war and just how much their life is terrible. But he's also teaching this mystical creature how to behave like a horse. He takes care of it and rides it to freedom and then lets it go um, free willy style. But yeah. Uh, but as a kid, I, I really liked the Loch Ness Monster. And so growing up an adult, super fascinated in cryptids and things like that, of course, you want to find one that's real or you want to think your favorite one is real. Uh, however, unfortunately, um, I'd have to agree with Jesse on this, that I don't think there's nearly any evidence to support there being such a large creature in the Loch. Yeah, so I, I actually did have it in my notes, like, how much food and stuff would be required. Oh, you have, like, an actual quantification? So, the lake only has 17 to 24 tons of fish, which even for a lake that big is pretty low. Uh, so, you would have about enough food for 10 500-pound creatures in it, but it would require 30 to 40 creatures to keep the breeding population up so if there's multiple Loch Ness monsters there would have to be at least 30 before like inbreeding starts to kill them off right but also we haven't even mentioned magic you know what you're right uh you can't you can't account for magic yeah um that's something that we have not come across even a little bit and uh, I definitely just threw out there 
There's no backing for it in any of the Loch Ness stories I've found. And also, if a plesiosaur were to have survived, why would it be in Lake Loch Ness? Yeah, because it would be hard for it to get in. Exactly. And why would it be in there in the first place? Yeah. The only, basically, people are like, well, maybe it came, maybe there was like flooding, but there's no evidence in the soil that there was flooding from the ocean. Um, I heard one theory that there's this idea that the uh, caves connect, possibly connected to the oceans. Yeah, I mean, anything's possible. Yeah, but um, that's, that's why we can't find Nessie, because uh, she comes and goes as she pleases. Yeah, and if it's a plesiosaur, it needs air every couple hours, so I don't know how safe going through underwater tunnels is. Well, that's, that's why there's 13 sightings a year. She comes up at least 13 times. <laughs> 13 times a year? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's our very short episode on the Loch Ness Monster. Sorry we couldn't find more. It's just there's so many to comb through when it comes down to the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. Because it's such a popular creature. Yeah, but also, like, most of the sightings are like, I saw a head. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> that's exact, And not only that, I think, I'm trying to remember exactly what fish kind of, like, pops out of the water in the Loch Ness. But they've mentioned that, like, it's big enough to kind of be like, oh, that's definitely a Nessie head. And so, yeah, it's it's one of those things where we wanted to cover it because it's such a big, you know, deal for cryptozoologists and all kids like us and like any of you who listen, who love cryptids, you of course know the Loch Ness Monster. But unfortunately, I think that both of us have to give our two cents in on this and say that uh, of the cryptids, this is one we most definitely don't think exists. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence against it. Oh, 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 oh. Speaking of um, the Loch Ness Monster, have you seen the commercial with the Loch the car commercial with the Loch Ness Monster? No. Oh, I'll have to show you after. But yeah, I forget exactly what car it is. Uh, if someone could remind me, that'd be amazing. But there is a series of car commercials that, are fe- that feature Nessie. But yeah, okay. that's our episode on Loch Ness Monster. Thank you for tuning in to Creepy Crawling Cryptids. We're sorry to break your heart about Nessie, but, you know, it's the truth. She's probably not out there. At least not in Lake Loch Ness. Thank you guys. We'll be uh, hopefully seeing you guys soon with another episode of Creepy Crawling Cryptids. All right. See you soon. Very soon.